friends. Welcome to the second episode of Keepy Uppies with me, Richie McGee. So I've left it a week or two since the first episode. I had planned to put some uh, some stuff down last week following uh, some interesting games and results from the Mid-Ulster League, which uh, caught my attention. But there's even juicier fixtures coming up. This weekend, so before the weekend, I'm capturing this uh, five ten minute chat, and then I will add to it and publish thoughts and feelings on the local matches, the local results, as well as the goings on of the the Premier League and the Euro- European football, etc. So again, a little bit refreshing, something refreshing, something to celebrate. Uh, I watched the, I was going to call it the Coca-Cola Cup match, but that's just showing my age. The Carbo Cup match against from Liverpool v Arsenal. And again, without VAR, how refreshing was that? The decisions were made by the referee and the game carried on. The game lasted 90 minutes plus three, two, three minutes of injury time. And again, it was... It was pure. It was. It was like a. It was like a throwback. It really was. The standard again was uh, below par compared to the the Premier League Monday night game. But it was a good old fashioned sort of tit for tat sort of midfield battle. Neither team breaking down, and then. As boring as the game was overall, the celebration of individual greatness, failure, etc., the margins of error were then portrayed beautifully via my favourite thing about football probably, I would like taking part and watching, is that lottery which is penalty kicks. Penalty kicks. Again, the style of the penalty kicks the aggression, the 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 skill set, the composure or lack of, the goalkeeper's sharpness or lack of, the confidence or lack of, all portrayed, all on show, and again it's down to them margins of error, the margins of brilliance, the, and again still, those individual elements of brilliance, uh, can be found wanting when it comes to pressure pressure situations etc but again it's all part of just being human and it's all part of the the what is the word I'm looking for the the poetry of which is football as I say that's where the entertainment lies the entertainment lies with the dramas of the individual or the drama which then the collective the small margins of uh, error the small margins of greatness 
luck, lady luck, plays a massive part. Again, the Arsenal, to their credit, took their penalties well, as the Liverpool, with that little bit of luck, Arsenal made it through. And we go again. So just to say that without VAR, it was refreshing. I noticed it. The commentators noticed it. And then they chatted about the the James Milner handball. Some people declaring it should have been a penalty as well. Again, open for debate. Of course it is. That's the joy of it. The referee called it as he's seen it. He correctly seen that the tackle was perfect. Then the natural falling to the ground where the ball struck his hand. The referee used his common sense and declared that it was not a deliberate handball. That word deliberate has come has fell away from the from the language that they're using. When commentating on football now, they're talking about natural, unnatural, unexpected positions. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. They, the coaches still aren't clear. The referees still aren't clear. They're still making uh, personal interpretations of the rules. The rules are so open for interpretation that they're not worth the paper they're written on. Again, common sense should play a part, and it did, which was refreshing. And I hope to see more of this again. <laughs> this cup football being uh, laid out as not being an elite, an elite competition. Therefore, at Anfield. Three days previous, four days previous, the technology was used. But in this instance, sure, it's only the Mickey Mouse Cup, some might say. Therefore, it's not governed to use this technology. Uh, so therefore, different competition, different game. It's betrayed and being officiated differently. It's all football. It's 11 aside. It's that. It should be universal, regardless of competition. Elitism, there's no place for it in football. Football is the same sport. Grass, 3G, 4G, whatever it is, it's the same sport from grassroots to to the very top. That's refreshing. That should be what it is. That's what should be addressed. Again, I want to talk about technology in sport moving forward. It does have pros, it does have cons. You can sort of gauge where I stand on the matter. So I want to put it out to you, folk. Can you come back to me with some some wisdom, some opinion on the pros and cons of the technology? And in this instance, we're talking about uh, football, soccer. Uh, so any input, any feedback, any uh, thoughts and feelings, we'll love to debate and share and converse again Say after the weekend ahead and as the season rolls out. Again, international football only around the corner as well. So Competition is going to be coming thick and fast when the Premier League takes a quick break. So is VAR going to be used? Is it going to be universal? Let's see. Chat is again soon. Uh, 
thanks for listening and again feedback input info all welcome remain awesome chat these again soon football friends well hello and welcome back football friends this is two episode 2.1 following a entertaining weekend of local football as well as our uh, beloved Premier League. It's Monday morning. It's transfer deadline day. So not much has happened. Aye, right. Here's me. What? So how was your weekend? Mine was awesome. Saturday morning. Started with uh, a jaunt to Knockgrammer Park where our girls' academy played Bambridge Town in what was an epic game of football. Actually, sitting here now thinking about it, probably the best game of football I'd seen all weekend. Uh, following the tragedies uh, that went on in the, the Not So Super Sunday yesterday. But our girls put on quite a show. A uh, very entertaining game. So it was great to see an improvement and a bigger and better engagement from the girls. Say, and very pleasing. Uh, some very good football played by both teams. The Banbridge were a credit to themselves as well. The game actually, as a friendly and non competitive, we're not supposed to talk about goals, scores, goal line, or results, etc. But it finished 2 2. And it was so entertaining. I mean, crossbar was hit. There was some great goals, some great defending. So the morning started well, Saturday. And then Saturday afternoon, the local derby, uh, the Lurgan local derby kicked on with Lurgan Town and Oxford Sunnyside in the Bob Radcliffe Cup round two. So I had the good fortune of watching the game. And uh, as I say, Lurgan Town came to Knockgrammer Park Again, Intermediate B representative, or Oxford Sunnyside Intermediate A representatives. And Lurgan Town, they put on a strong performance. Again, despite not having a regular goalkeeper. Uh, apparently he fell foul to the COVID. He was diagnosed quite a while ago and obviously couldn't make it. So they're a very accomplished fullback whose name escapes me. Uh, went into nets. And again, Lurgan Town put on a show. Oxford Sunnyside came away with a 2-0 victory. Again, but it was a kind of a, lack, a lacklustre second-half performance from Oxford. And again, to the credit of the boys, they felt quite disappointed coming off the pitch because of the high standards that they've set themselves sort of from the season moving forward. They've started the league campaign very, very well. Again, if anybody told them they would have 12 points after five games, intermediate A, they would have bit your hand off. So as disappointed as they were, there is still a long season to go and they've started the season very strong. Lurgan Town are only into their league campaign uh, with with one win and one loss. So they're maybe playing a bit of catch-up where Oxford have a few, have the season in full flow. Lurgan Town were maybe coming uh, a little a little, uh, a little ring rusty. But the 2-0 victory uh, for Oxford Sunnyside and they move into the third round of the Bob Radcliffe with some interesting tie, potential ties. So they have uh, Ormas City. Hanover, Dungannon uh, under 20s, poured down under 20s and Volley Rangers, some of the big hitters that they may well uh, encounter in the next round. The surprise of that round was Dallinstown getting beat by St Mary's. So again, a lot of interesting fixtures around the corner for Oxford Sunnyside. Looking down the leagues and divisions, Derry Herc. Uh, Derry Herc were defeated 3-2 but poured down BBOB. Again, they've only picked up one point so far this season. Again, the season's very much in its infancy. There's no nothing to panic about, I wouldn't say. But with the Gaelic uh, being suspended, it may be 
maybe a case of the likes of Derry Herc strengthening, bringing some players in. I know that's always seems to be the case. Division two. So Goodyear, Goodyear have started the season very, very strongly. Are they pace setters at the minute? So four wins and a draw so far, which is great to see. I have a few, uh, few friends playing at, at Goodyear. It's Foxy, Chibi. Uh, Paddy O'Connor I was chatting to as well. He's uh, waiting in the wings for his, for his debut. So they're uh, kicking in and setting the, the, the Lurgan representatives of Division 2. And again, with a strong squad there, I reckon they'll, they'll be contenders if they'll push on. Division 3, we have Lurgan Celtic. Lurgan Celtic with a very convincing 4-1 victory over Armagh Rovers on Saturday with Dwyer Lavery. Peter Pan, Dwyer Lavery scoring a hat-trick. And again, they've started their season relatively well. Uh, the very much the only Lurgan representatives in that division, with Bestbrook setting the pace and Mindwell FC, or FC Mindwell should I say, the standout contenders there. Celtic again will strengthen with the Gaelic season on standby. They may well bring in a few new recruits. They do have uh, the Oilhands and Dwyer and Donny scoring goals for them, which is very important. But they'll have youth on their side, and as I say, I could see them climbing the table. I'm pushing for promotion as well. But again, with the season in its infancy, it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. So it has been a, an interesting weekend so far. But let's talk about the not-so-super Sunday. The not-so-super Sunday. I had the great pleasure following all of uh, the football I watched on Saturday to lay up all day Sunday. And watch the games as they rolled in. I watched West Ham Leicester. West Ham, I'm sorry to say, but Mark Noble's West Ham career, I think, is oh, very much on the back foot. They were a force to be reckoned with. Leicester never came out at all. And again, playing at home. West Ham set the pace and pinned them. And they could, Leicester couldn't, couldn't dent them. Couldn't dent them. Uh, so it was good to see. The Man United game, wow. The Liverpool game, wow, wow. The amount of goals that has been scored in the league campaign from its from its start is unprecedented, I would say. There are the score lines and the goals scored is frightening. For example, from the kickoff we had Leeds Leeds Liverpool four three, Leeds and Fulham four three, Everton and West Brom five two, Leicester Burnley four two. You're talking average average games here of six goals a game. Southampton and Spurs, 5-2. West Brom, Chelsea, 3-3. Brighton, Man United, 3-2. City, Leicester, 5-2. Everton, Brighton, 4-2. And then obviously yesterday we had seven goals in the Man United Spurs game and nine goals in, in the Liverpool uh, Aston Villa game. Why is this? What's the reasoning behind it? Is it because the players have had a short break, no proper pre-season? Fitness levels aren't up to scratch? New players bedding in? Is it fatigue? The games are coming thick and fast? I'll tell you what it sure is. It sure is entertaining. And on Saturday, the most entertaining thing was that there was no controversy from VAR. No one had to have a conversation about VAR. Match of the day was refreshing on Saturday night. They spoke about 
the games and the, the you know the great and the good of the games and, and broke the games down and with no controversial VAR decisions. Even on Super Sunday, or the not so Super Sunday as I ever forever call it, VAR played little, little or no part. Is this a conscious thing? I think it might be. I think they, they've had a word with themselves. Uh, it's certainly not uh, stomping its uh, authority like it was. So I reached out after coming home from the Woodville last night and having a few, having a a whiskey to clear to clear the head because that was uh, my head was spinning after after watching the Liverpool Aston Villa game. And I asked you good folk for some opinion, some thoughts on the matter. And he's very kindly uh, replied, and I've had some some interaction from you. So I asked you to drop me a line with your thoughts and feelings, and again, we'll get this community chatting. So Inky Anthony McMillan, again, this is a good talking point in the Man United game, where he should, Mar- should, should Martial's red card not have been a yellow for both players? Uh, he says, really, what, Lalanne, what Lamella did towards his throat was more dangerous than what Martial did, and truthfully, United could have had two more sent off. Yeah, Inky, I agree. For me, if he was sent Martial off, he should have sent Lamella off, or alternatively, two yellow cards. It was handbags. It was uh, six of one, half dozen of the other, as uh, Graham Soonis described it, I believe. Six and half a dozen and six. Uh, I seen the Luke Shaw. Absolutely, that should have been a red card. It was uh, disgusting. But the referee VAR could have could have played a part there. Again, I wouldn't have been best pleased. But VAR, for me, using VAR for the likes of that incident, obvious, it was clear and obvious that both players should have been cautioned at the very least. At the very least cautioned. Uh, and it set the tone for the game. I mean, such a game. It started 30 seconds in, penalty kick. Six minutes in, seven minutes in. 2-1, the, the Spurs, it, was, it had everything. And then ultimately the 10 men of uh, United couldn't hold out on Spurs. Right, quite rightfully won the game. Uh, Kieran Headley. So would anything happen? Anything can happen in football without fans, it seems. It really can, Kieran. And the Liverpool game was evidence of that. It had everything as well. Uh, that's another, another great chat. Do the fans make a difference? I had this conversation about uh, playing at, does it feel like playing at home when there's no fans? Obviously familiarity and routine before games, etc. It gives you that comfort blanket uh, going into to the game. And as, as I replied to Kieran, it felt like those imposters on the field during the Liverpool game, they, uh, they were unrecognisable. But in my opinion, it was a little bit of humbling for Liverpool. And again, this trend setting of playing a high-risk game. We watched Leeds do it against Man City, overloading, playing a high, playing a high press, overloading. It seems to be this high trend. And again, this is something Liverpool have been doing for two or three years. And we've been sort of beaten at our own game at Aston Villa last night. To their credit, and to Ross Barkley's credit, he dominated and dictated that midfield from the first whistle. Other points for controversy. 
is that Kieran Headley's 29. I remember Kieran Headley when he was nine, a budding uh, centre forward, cheeky little chappy. So he's making me feel very old. And Stevie Lavery backs me up by saying, Who are you trying to convince that you're only 29? Crazy. So thanks for the feedback, Stevie and uh, Kieran. So crunch time in Manchester for Ole and the gang. This team will get ripped apart in Europe, even more so than today. Complete overhaul needed and ASAP. This comes from uh, Michael Lavery, who is a budding podcaster himself. And thanks for getting in touch, Mick Lav. Uh, check out Mick Lav's podcast. Very insightful. Uh, he's doing this... He's career-bound for a job in the media, and I wish him all the best. And it's inspiring to see the likes of young Michael, uh, who's, uh, again, an excellent footballer as well as anything else, and a, and a gentleman to boot. So, yes, Mick, uh, is it crunch time? Man United seem to have a little... There's a little bit of rot has kicked in, it seems. Is it coming from the board? It seems to have... What I'll say this is a wise man told me last night while sipping over a small whiskey is that a fish rots from the head. So there, that sort of explains it all. At board level, they're not backing Ollie up. They're chasing down Cavani uh, today on transfer deadline day. A panic bay. Piece of fan, the fans maybe. A 33-year-old. They can't capture, they can't get uh, these players in. Players seemingly don't want to come or United aren't prepared to pay the money, the asking price for them. Fighting for uh, to bring two players in to Old Trafford to Manchester United with the last day of transfer dating day is bad practice. You want to get them in early, get them settled, and kick on. And where is the faint the feelings? So, Gavi Henderson, why are we continuing to play Maguire when his performances for United have been shocking, to say the least? I think Henderson, uh, Maguire's head is still in Greece. My goodness, he has not been. He's a shadow of himself. Has his price tag ultimately made him a starting 11 player regardless of his performances every week? In my opinion, he needs dropped. I think Maguire falls foul of being English and being built up to fail. The English media, you know, he, he had a good uh, international campaign. And on the back of that, I think Leicester, <laughs> I think Leicester rubbed their hands. United, were, United signed him with all this promise and to be the next, the great white hope. And he's been found wanting. Is he really has been found wanting? I'm just watching the recording line here, and it's going to shut off. So what I'm going to do is stop recording and jump back in again and add on. So, hello there, football friends, back again. Again, this technology is not getting the better of me. Uh, we'll continue where we left off. So we were speaking about Harry Maguire. Thanks for the. The views, Gavi Henderson. And just that, being English, the great white hope, set up to fail. The English media will take no greater pleasure than uh, knocking him down, as they do regularly. Again, he's playing him beside Bally, or Bailey, pronounce it how you will. Previous to that, it's Lindelof. Bailey for me, I'm going to call him Bailey, okay? Bailey for me, I thought was going to kick on. Under Mourinho, it didn't work. It didn't happen. He was the guy that 
had all the promise. And his head seems to have gone, it actually went under Mourinho. He couldn't get game time. When he got game time, it was, he was very, very much so mistake bound. And there's mistakes. His mistakes was clear yesterday. I don't need to talk over them, but just not in the headspace. Confidence is shot. The rot is very much there. As a football fan, it's not good to see. You know, you expect the big clubs to be on the up. A little small side of me and a Liverpool fan, you know, kind of enjoying it. But we went through this hardship before and it's not pleasant. I do think financially United can work their way out of it. Again, by buying the right people. But I think they need to make a good signing. A better signing. A signing like Spurs made or like Everton made. And the signing I'm talking about is the manager. Ancelotti has clearly been Everton's best signing so far. Mourinho haven't been United's uh, manager previously. Obviously, we don't expect him to go back. But these guys have the know-how. They have the want. They are able to work with the superstars. Maybe it's the superstars and Ollie and maybe it's an age gap. Maybe he's not old enough. Maybe he's not senior enough. Who knows? Who knows? Is Ollie getting the respect that he deserves? Does he deserve that respect? Has he done enough to be Manchester United manager? Or is he in there on past glories as a player? It was a bolt out of the blue, in my opinion, that he actually got the job. There is contenders out there, and as I say, in my opinion, Everton have got the next Manchester United manager, or who should have been the next Manchester United manager. Again, proven record in Europe, in the Premier League. That's the shop window that United should have been uh, buying. So the recruitment has failed from management down. Mourinho in his time didn't get the money to buy the players that he wanted as well. So this has been going on for quite a long time. Since Fergie's reign, it has uh, the approach of the club has very much changed. The authority lies in the boardroom and the manager is just one of their pawns, it seems. And maybe in recruiting such a young manager, an experienced manager in Ole, it allowed the board then to cast their authority. Again, just my opinion. Johnny Dwayne, looking forward to this recording. Johnny, you were uh, your head was spinning with last night's performance and result too. It wasn't the Guinness, I'm near sure. Any more opinions to share? We don't see. My good friend, my good Liverpool colleague and friend, Davy Lennon. Just maybe don't discuss, discuss the fact that there was no real football played at all yesterday. If only we could. Uh, Scratch it from the records. So, all in all, I'm going to keep this short and brief because uh, having discussed this with my fellow listeners, if it's short, if it's sweet, we stay engaged, we go again. So the Not So Super Sunday has all of uh, all of the drama. Goals galore. Anybody who backed uh, them results or them victories would have uh, done well in the bookies. West Ham to beat Leicester away. Spurs to beat Manchester United at Old Trafford. Aston Villa to chin Liverpool. That was a great that would have been a great treble. 
And if you did get that, well done. So I'll wrap it up, but what I do want to say, again, I'm crying out for interaction. So if there's any clubs out there who have highlighted and talked about today that want to jump on board and get a chat or give me their thoughts and feelings on their own season ahead locally, Goodyear, Derry Herc, Lurgantown, Hill Street, to name a few, Oxford, Sunnyside, Lurgan Celtic, I'm happy to get on board, have a chat, celebrate you, get your thoughts and feelings on... Uh, your club on the season ahead, the season so far. And again, get the community talking. So thanks for listening. All feedback is welcome. This is uh, going out on Podbean at the minute. I'm hoping the more recordings I can get, I can uh, launch it on various other platforms where it's more easily accessible. So your engagement, your interaction uh, will give me the will and the want to, to put out more recordings and celebrate the great and the good of local football and break our hearts over over the goings-on of the Premier League. Feedback very much welcome and thanks for listening, folks. And before I go, don't forget to jump on and listen and catch up with Mick Lav podcast. It's a favourite of mine. Again, it's only in his infancy as well. Mick's now in Derby University doing his thing and I hope they're becoming thick and fast and I'm very much uh, along... uh, a fan and keen to get listening again. So we'll maybe tag him in this podcast as well, just to for the newbies to the podcasting world. Again, I spoke to a lot of boys on the sidelines on Saturday where this is a new world for them. A little distraction while you get on with your normal day and daily life. So I hope you enjoyed it and I say speak to you again soon. Best wishes. Remain awesome football friends. <laughs>